coming up on this episode, we begin by discussing Colby's airport errors and the thrills of purchasing a home. Then we get into the week's tech news, including an update on air power, Alexa for hotel rooms, and what the Supreme Court's ruling on internet sales tax means for you. Stick around, Don't Panic starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 207, recorded June 25th, 2018. Taxes and fees. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by a man who proves it's too hip to be square, Colby Rabideau. Hello, Colby. Do you say, I prove it's too hip to Yeah, be I said the word too by mistake. That was... Let me... Hang on. Just pause for just a second here. A man <laughs> who proves it's hip to be square, Mr. Colby Rabideau. <laughs> I will fix that in post, and by that I mean I will not fix that in post. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm I'm here. I so I wasn't on the show last week. I didn't. Do you guys did the show right? You and Dan. We did, but then we didn't do it. So it's been two two weeks. Whoa. Uh, so in the previous two weeks, I moved. You previously on Colby. <laughs> previously on. Um, I moved. You might notice my 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 residence looks different. It is much more echoey. I'm not sure if that's carrying. Oh, that's all great. Uh, I need I need more cloth things. I think. Um, and also, I went to Sweden for work. That's where I was last week. I'm still like a tiny bit jet lagged. Um, I had Swedish meatballs. Not at an Ikea. I liked, but again, I really wish you had gone to an Ikea in Sweden to have the meatballs. You know, I didn't see any Ikeas, which I was kind of surprised about. I wonder, uh, I don't know. But I feel it's kind of like how I read an article once, like, you know, Ethan Allen is giant in China. Like, everyone buys their shit there, and I feel like, but no one really buys them here in the U.S., where it's it's kind of like, you don't buy the stuff that's already in your country. <laughs> it's like just an export. Also, fun fact about Sweden: I saw two TGI Fridays there in Stockholm, like within like three blocks of one another, too. Not not like, um, not like uh, you know, in random places. Was it like also, the Times Square of Sweden? Was that where you were at? One of them was at the the end of this huge, like beautiful park, and it, this park like terminated. There was a big fountain. <laughs> Just lead you to and the then, TGI and then, <laughs> then at the end of the park was a TGI Fridays. Oh, I love that. Uh, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, the Swedish meatballs were good. The what else happened? So mostly I didn't do any dumb stuff. One, so the dumbest thing I did traveling was that I got to the airport and uh, got through security, had some extra time. So I was like, oh, I'll get some euros uh, while I'm here. So I got some euros from the travel exchange. And then I was like getting on the plane and I was like, wait, wait, Sweden doesn't use euros. Oh, that's so funny. They're, what do they use there? They're one of th- like three countries in in the EU that d- didn't adopt the euro. Um, so they use like s- Swedish krona or Kronar, something. Krona, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of, it's, it was the same in, in Denmark too. When we went to Denmark, like they have their own. It's it's one of the K, one of the K's like Sweden's S-E-K and Denmark is D-E-K, I think. Um 
So what do you but, do with all these euros burning a hole in your pocket? I don't know. They're just in my passport. I'll find them the next time. But well, that's that fantastic. Was, that was that. Yeah, that was the the dumbest thing I did. They are trained. The train from the airport. It goes like 110 miles an hour, and there's no bumps. It's crazy. Yeah, man, you gotta love that efficient public transport. The when I got on, I got nervous because the overhead racks, like for luggage and stuff, like they didn't have a lip at the end, and I was like, "What if? What if? What if? What? How's it? What's gonna happen when the train's like bouncing all around?" I was gonna around? say, once you've been riding on the T in Boston for a while, yeah, you're used like to the, getting the a little Amtrak, a little yeah. jostled. <laughs> yes, um, so that was cool. I'm trying to think. I feel like there was one more thing that happened. Oh, I went to this museum and and uh, the whole museum is this giant like 1600s boat that they like dredged up out of the harbor. It was really cool. Yes, all the uh, uh, several of my coworkers back when I worked with a lot of Europeans recommended this place. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be very cool. Yeah. So the boat was like uh it 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 was brand new and it managed to sail like half a mile into the harbor and then sunk like i don't i don't remember why they they like didn't put enough rocks in the bottom or something like some sort of boat problem um and so uh i like you know like a few like 300 years later they decided they decided to dig it up and it took them like 20 years or something but now it's in a museum that's awesome i love stories <laughs> like that yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, so yeah, now I've been to Sweden. Got some more. Got sh- shaded in more of my Foursquare map or whatever. Did now? Did you get to do a lot of touristy stuff, or was it mostly work? No, it was mostly work. We had a lot of like presentations and things. That's mostly what it was. They do like a intro to the company, sort of corporate retreaty kind of thing. Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't. Uh... I think don't realize about business travel is my family when I would go I'd be like oh I gotta go to London next month They're, oh in London you gotta go see Buckingham Palace and you gotta go see this museum and I'm like I don't think you understand I am in meetings all day and then I go straight from there to the hotel to dinner to it's like <laughs> there's no I get to see the yeah. airport it's pretty great yeah I had um so Mon- I got there on Monday in the afternoon and so uh that day I just walked around. I, well, I was pretty delirious because I had been up for I, I had a red eye flight and I slept for like an hour. I had two, two, like two, two legs and I slept like an hour on each plane ride. So I was delirious, but I walked around the city for like three hours. Then I got dinner with some work people and then I went back and like passed out. That was when I had Swedish meatballs, though, which were good and lingonberries. That's uh, apparently a big, a big uh, Scandinavian thing. Um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were all the 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 presentations and stuff. But then Thursday they let us out early, and they were like, "Go like see the city or something." Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So that was cool. There was a little bit of time, but indeed, business business travel is a, a different beast. Especially when there's jet lag involved. I feel like, (laughs) yes, like Thursday, I was finally like back to normal. And then uh, I left the next day. So that was that was lame. 
and now I'm well, I'm not going to have to travel anywhere. But I will say I did the longest business trip I did was 10 days over there. And I still didn't really get used to it. Even mm. after 10 days, it was still not quite quite right. I mean, I don't know. It's different per person, but I do wonder how long it truly takes to to get adjusted. I think one of the weirdest parts is like there are still like like people back here you can talk to like like we use slack at work and like slack is exploding at like you know 10 o'clock at night because it's only four in the afternoon yep uh which is crazy so i I kept having to remember to put on my like snooze notifications because it was just out of control (laughs) you should just reply don't you know i'm (laughs) asleep i'm unavailable damn it yep yeah indeed well good well we're thrilled to have you back I'm, I'm, and in your I'm, cool new place. Yes, I'm thrilled to be back. Uh, having a dishwasher is great. Oh my god! How do you? You can never go back. You can never go back. Well, interestingly enough, I had a dishwasher, and then I moved to a place without a dishwasher, and now I'm back in a place oh, with a dishwasher. And is that gas or electric on the stove? It's electric. Well, that's not the worst. It's kind of the worst. The it's just really slow and. Like, I keep forgetting that you have to, like, move the pan when you're done, which is... is oh, it's so it, tough. Nah, it's, Man, it's, I feel for you. My heart breaks. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. It's rough. Uh, another stupid problem that I have now that I have a dishwasher is, like, in my old place, I didn't have a dishwasher or sink or counter space, so I had to, like, wash dishes immediately. So like only having the four plates that I have was fine because I had to wash them right away. But now I put them in the dishwasher. I'm like, shit, I don't have any more plates. (laughs) They're all in the dishwasher because I only have four. Um, I do feel like I run my dishwasher probably more often than I should because of that problem, (laughs) which isn't great. But I'm like, eh, it's like it's not completely full. But, you know, I also don't have any plates or silverware or cooking implements. I might just get some more plates. Yeah. The biggest thing that helped me there is non-dishwasher safe stuff. Because now mm. now a lot of my nice pots and pans and stuff, are on, you can't, you can't, they're hand wash only. True. And so I kind of yeah. have to wash them. I don't have a choice. Yeah. So. Yeah, those non, non-stick pans. Oh, they're lovely, but they're a lot of work. That's true. Indeed, Sean. Indeed. What's new with you? Do you buy a house yet? Um, well, uh, you know, it's not really, uh, super broad news, but no one watches the show anyway. Uh, yes, I'm in the process of buying a house. I picked a house and I'm in the process of buying it. It's it's very exciting. Yes. Um, I won't, uh, reveal the address or even the town on the air. I will tell you afterwards, but I will flash up a picture because I don't think it's going to give it away too much. So if you're watching the video version, you get to see that house right there. Oh, whoa. Yep, I like the shrubs. It's well, I might have to remove them. Uh, oh. <laughs> they're, they're a termite risk. But anyway, that's another story. Oh. Uh, yeah, so no, I'm in the process. The, the The paperwork is on its way through. We had the inspection last week. It found a few interesting things. So we're meeting with a contractor tomorrow to figure out who's going to pay for it. So um, <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of a snag there. But all things considered, I'll be in by uh, mid-August. So whoa. if things close. The 
sorry, the termite, you said there's a termite problem and that's the little bit of a snag? No, that's unrelated. No, actually what oh. I learned, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's homeowners who watch us or soon to be homeowners. Maybe this is interesting. Uh, the way termites get in your house, do you know this? Is that termites apparently can't really be exposed to the elements. That's why they like being in wood and other shit. It kills them. Yeah. And so they can't just like crawl up to your house. The way they do it is when shit's really close to your house, that's how they sneak in undercover. So if you've got stairs up close to your house or bushes very close to your house, like bushes are supposed to be a minimum, I learned, of six inches away from your house. Mm. Because then they, they use that as cover to get into and, and then eat into your home. Wow. Yeah. See, I had no idea. I didn't. I had a very nice inspector. He was wonderful um, and explained to me. And those these bushes are like right up against the damn the- house. So we will see uh, about trimming about trimming them back. Well, that's that's very exciting, Sean. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I'm I'm very hopeful. Um, there's uh, a giant crack in the ceiling. I have to have the contractor look at. So <laughs> someone decided to take a chunk out of a supporting wall. So we'll see how big of a, how big of a fix that's going to be. But nice. other than that, it's moving along. So it is uh, it is quite exciting. You're 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 becoming a real boy. I well, you know, Colby, uh, you and I with our deluxe apartments here, you know, that's it's a it's a big <laughs> commitment, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You know, wow. When I told uh, when I told Dan how much I paid for it, he was like, "Oh my God, you can get a whole house for that there! I can't even imagine. I couldn't even get a a a a, a storage closet for that in New York City." And that's, <laughs> Buddy, that's where you live, man. I can't do much for you in that case. That is true. That's for sure. But uh, but yeah, so it's all, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff, I have to say. Um, Dan is obviously not here this week. We I, we kind of went a good chunk of the show without mentioning it. But no, Dan is not here this week. He is traveling, um, having a nice time. I saw he posted a, a picture from the Napa Valley. So mm. um, he is out and about and having a very nice time. And we wish him all the best. He will hopefully be back next week. Um, but, Kobe, why, uh, why don't we roll into the tech news of the week? We've got some, some I think, some interesting... It's actually a good mix of stories, I think, this week in the rundown. Um, as usual, I uh, take no responsibility for picking the first story. I will secede that right to you. We've got uh, stuff on... we got Venmo, the tax laws, Crossplay, Facebook, IGTV, AirPower, Alexa and hotel rooms. We, we've, got, we've got all kinds of good stuff in here. Any anything worth uh, worth jumping on? Sorry, I'm I'm looking. Oh, at I'm that's you. While you're doing that, I want to thank everybody who's watching us live right now at Facebook.com/slash Don't Panic Show and on Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash Don't Panic Show. Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, is when we do the show live. We appreciate it. if you're watching live right now. Comment on Facebook or in the Twitch chat, and uh, we might read your comment on the air if you've got something oh. to add. Uh, jump into the conversation. <laughs> what? Um, I know, I know which one to do. All right. Why I was wondering about this just today when when I like couldn't find my Apple Watch charger thing. Like, why is the air power thing taking so long to make, Sean? That's a really good question, Colby. We've brought this up on the show several times because we were all very excited when Apple announced the air power wireless charger. It was that big white oblong charging mat and they said oh you can throw your phone on there and your watch on there and your airpods on there and they'll all be able to charge and it's got smart microchips in it so it interfaces with ios and it knows how much power is in all your devices it's gonna be great 
Um, turns out that's really hard to do. They promised they were going to release it, and they kept delaying, delaying it. There's still no official launch date. Rumors are pegging it now to September. Uh, a report in Bloomberg stated that part of the issue... Uh, unsurprisingly, it's just that it's difficult technology. The plan for air power was that you could put any of your devices anywhere on the mat and it would charge them. And if anyone out there has ever used a wireless charger, you know, you kind of do have to line it up a bit with the charger. And if you think doing that with one charging coil and one phone is difficult, imagine doing it with three devices anywhere on the mat. Um, it's believed that they'll have to layer multiple, uh, chargers on top of each other to fill the whole mat and then they use different amounts of power for something like airpods versus your phone mm -hmm. it's very complex um also apparently the uh it uh, i'm sorry bless you sorry that was not very nice um the Unprofessional. Uh, you know i i'm too cheap for a sneeze button so you're just gonna have to excuse me um Apparently, the AirPower charger will also include a custom Apple chip running a stripped-down version of iOS to conduct on-device power management, and Apple engineers have found a lot of trouble squashing bugs and getting the onboard firmware ready to go. Apparently, they're currently testing it internally, um, and like I said, September is the target. Uh, it's just difficult to do, but you know, I think this is surprising. Maybe we can chat about this a little bit, but I would say in the last couple of years, Apple's been more aggressive about announcing stuff they weren't quite ready to roll out. I feel mm. like an older Apple might not have done this, but if, you know, I, I feel like they're a little less conservative. We saw this with the, well, really all the Mac Pros. Um, they usually tend to announce a year before they actually start selling them, obviously yeah. with this. Um, I'm trying to think. HomePod was delayed um, as well, so I don't think it's necessarily surprising in this day and age of Apple. Yeah. And do you think, like... I mean, obviously, we really have no way of knowing if, if the delays were, like, foreseen and they were like, eh, well, we'll, like, you know, foot, foot, fudge the numbers a little. Or or if the, I don't know, or if it was, it like, truly was unforeseen, like, they didn't realize how hard it was going to be or something. I guess, I mean, I I don't know. Well, at work, stuff takes me longer than I thought it was going to take all the time. So, but then again, they they announced it without a launch date, so they had to have known something was certainly uncertain about the development of the product. Right, right. Does seem ambitious. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess it's cool. I mean. I will say, well, it didn't stop me from getting a wireless charger. Like, I do have a wireless charger, but I would probably have bought, like, three wireless chargers and put them everywhere if I didn't know that this was coming. Yep. No, I, this is such a... I mean, if this had come out at the same time as, as the wireless set of phones last fall, I mean, they, they would have they just sold a zillion of these. I mean, it's... it's sh absolutely a massive failure even not to come out with like as i get the air power charging three devices is cool come out with a standard yeah. one device charger like it just it's baffling why cede all control of this to the belkins and the mophies and the samsung's of the world like it's it's crazy. even you know honestly even if they had like an apple pad that worked with the watch like because the watch will sort of like on and off work with some third party wireless chargers like sometimes if the wind is right. But like mostly it doesn't um, like if there was one even if, even if it was just like one device at a time that would that would be fine for me. Like I don't charge my watch and my phone at the same time. Yeah. You're right Sean it's crazy. They're, yeah they're well, and especially because they announced 
I think at the same event in last September that the AirPods were going to get a wireless enabled charging case. And that also has not been rolled right. out. And I'm assuming this is part of the reason why, because there's nothing that will really charge it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man. Very, very unprepared. So keep an eye out this September. I mean, we'll cover all the big Apple announcements. Um, I had to. I broke the screen on my phone. Really? I dropped it. Uh, but I didn't break the glass, funny enough. I broke the panel underneath the glass. Oh. Which I, I, I literally joked like the day before, man, the glass on this thing is like indestructible. And then I dropped it and broke the panel. I had to go wait two hours at the Apple store for them to fix it. But it was covered by Apple Care. But I also learned I forgot I got the Apple upgrade program, which is great. New phones in September. What a treat. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I got to I got to decide whether or not to go to the X or not. Oh, yeah. Thinking about it. Thinking about it. Thinking about it. God, it's a sexy phone. I like it. I like Face ID. I know some people don't, but I do. Uh, I was using my iPad. Well, I was using my iPad when I was traveling because mm-hmm. I brought that because that's a, an, an excellent travel device. Um, and it charges over USB and like all the plane seats have like USB yeah. plugs now. So it's, it's like what you, what you need. Um, and I kept forgetting. I kept like waiting for it to like just <laughs> unlock. Why won't you unlock? <laughs> It didn't. It did not unlock. And, um, and that's what's funny about the iPad is like of all the devices, like it's the most awkward, I think, to use your finger on because my because on my phone, my finger is always like millimeters away from the scanner. You know, like it's not the end of the world most of the time. But on an iPad, you never hold it in a way where your finger is conveniently near the home button. No. So I'm all for that. I, I actually found... So on the phone, I like almost always use my thumbs for the touch ID. But on the iPad, I, I like did my other fingers so I can use like my pointer finger or something, which is sometimes easier. But. I was bored once and set up my toes to unlock my phone. <laughs> it works. It works. In case you didn't know, your your toes were uh, were unique enough to, to unlock it, but they can. <laughs> Although awesome. I didn't try it with anyone else's toes, so I don't know how secure it is. Right. Next next time we're in the same place, Sean. God, oh, please, no. Oh, no. What are you, could you imagine someone walking in and like our two feet are all over the phone? What the hell are you two doing? <laughs> toe ID challenge. Toe, toe ID. That sounds like a horrible party. <laughs> this is why we're not comedy writers. Oh, boy. Um. Very cool. So look forward to Air Power coming out in theoretically September. We'll see uh, if it's ready to go by then. Uh, what else are we going to talk about here in the news? Um, I'm going to pick a story. How about that? Do it. I want to talk about Facebook groups, subscriptions to Facebook groups. I think this is an interesting idea. Facebook is testing out a new features that will allow group administrators to start charging for exclusive memberships to certain groups. Uh, they'll charge anywhere from $4.99 to $29.99. Uh, parenting, cooking, and home cleaning groups will be the first one to get the new feature as part of an early test. As it stands right now, you can still keep your group for free, but they will have the option to launch premium subgroups. For instance, lifestyle blogger Sarah Muller's Declutter My Home Group is starting an Organize My Home Group that costs $14.99 a month to join, and the Grown and Flown Parents Group is making a college admissions group that charges $29.99 for access to college counselors. Um, Facebook says the new feature is so that group admins who put a lot of time and dedication into growing their communities can also earn money at the same time time uh it's an experiment on mobile uh and facebook won't be getting a cut of the subscription fees um mainly dealing with the app store play store policies around in-app subscriptions 
Hmm. Uh, I think it's really, I, I think, I think it's legitimately like, I think Facebook's business model is in many ways like just bananas and there's many things about it. I'm like, I don't understand how this works. But this is one of the few where I'm like, this is actually kind of a really good idea. Like, I feel like people who use Facebook heavily are really invested in groups and it's mm. a really good way to to kind of narrow, you know, we've seen Patreon and Twitch and these sort of people funneling money into narrow topics and causes and I feel like premium groups is a really interesting way because it's got the social network you already use. And uh, I think the groups are already popular. And I think it is something people would, you know, I love like the college admissions group, I think is a really interesting idea charging for access to college counselors to work with students. And like, th there, I think there's a lot of cool business models you could build around this. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's like, uh, in a way, it's like general purpose Patreon, right? Like, not, I guess Patreon is pretty, pretty general purpose in its own way, but, uh, but I don't it's, know. it's got that great community foundation. I think that's really the difference. Patreon, it's like, I yeah. like this one artist and I'm going to consume their stuff, but Patreon I've found is hard, even though they got comments, it's hard to get kind of relationship building. I think that's why Patreon farms a lot out to discord, mm. um, to try and build communities there. But even that's Facebook already has everybody on it. That's what's great about it. So it's so easy and convenient. This is the kind of thing where I could see like a, like a Pinterest would maybe try something like this, or I'm just thinking of other sites that could build this community. But I just think Facebook has a good opportunity to build up if it can get, I don't want to say name brands, but again, who do I trust enough that I'm going to get $15 a month worth of value out of what they're posting. So I think this is one of those times where you need people with established brands, you yeah, know, better homes and gardens had a Facebook community, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think people are going to pay for that. If it's just, you know, if we made the don't panic community, I like to think people would pay four ninety nine a month for it, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's definitely a cool idea. I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm in in a couple of Facebook groups for like apps that I use that they the that like app support groups. Uh, I don't know if you would they would that's something they would want to ch charge for, but like maybe I don't know. Well, but I think that is part. And by the way, I you know I know we've got some live viewers right now. Uh, give us your thoughts. What are some groups you might be willing to pay for? Some topics you might be willing to plunk down a couple bucks a month for. Um, what's interesting to me is how do you find groups on Facebook? Like I'm not in any groups on Facebook currently, um, uh, public groups anyhow, and I don't even know. I, I again, that's I like that Patreon pushes people to Discord. Like, I think you need the creators to push people into these groups because I think organically, I don't, I don't know how you would even find them. Yeah, I feel I feel like all the Facebook groups that like I'm in not not friend related things like are I got there from somewhere else. Like they weren't within. Like I've never found a group on Facebook and been like, oh, I'm gonna join this group. So, I mean, maybe that works, though. Like, how do you end up subscribed to a Patreon, right? Like, you, It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Facebook does know everything there is to know about you. So I think they, uh, they do have a good opportunity to kind of introduce you to groups that may fit your interests. All right. Um, so. <laughs> cool idea. Yeah, we'll have to see where that ends up. Facebook groups going premium. All right, Colby, it's your turn. 
Ooh, Alexa in hotels. I don't want that. Okay, well, let's. All right. I guess it's the same as my in my. Yeah, we're not gonna. We can't say that. I earlier mine went off. I muted it. We're we're not saying that word. I'm gonna I'm gonna try very hard to speak around it. She who must not be named. Exactly. Uh, Amazon is introducing what they call a Alexa for hospitality, a special version of the company's voice assistant that will be distributed on an invitation basis to hotels, vacation rental spaces, and other locations starting today. Uh, It will be customized and tailored to each individual uh, hospitality location, so guests will be able to do things like order room service, request a housekeeping visit, or adjust room controls like the thermostat, blinds, lights, etc., using the Echo in their room. They can also ask location-specific questions, such as what time the hotel pool closes or where the fitness center is. Uh, Their launch partner is Marriott International. Uh, It will be at select Marriott Hotels, Westin, St. Regis, Aloft, and Autograph Collection Hotels starting this summer. Um, Now, Amazon wanted to make very clear that recording of Alexa commands are deleted daily. Hotels are not given access to voice recordings, nor are they able to review Alexa's responses to users. Oh, I said the bad word. Uh, Hotels can use it to measure engagement through analytics um, or customize the deployment by choosing default radio stations or connecting custom skills. It would be cool if you could, like, order room service. Like device i want a cheeseburger (laughs) now i'm hungry (laughs) uh actually weird weird the hotel i stayed at in sweden did not have a phone in the room so how would you i don't think they had room service and if you needed something you had to like go down and ask well how big of a how big of a place was it it was like medium size. It was not huge. It was sort of like a boot. I don't know if boutique hotel is the right word, but it was like a little hipster. Like, sure. Like, like, uh, I don't know. Hipster tech hotel kind of thing. It was, it's, it's literally right next to the Spotify office there. So, um, I don't know. It was fine though. Like I, it was like, the way I describe it is the kind of place that like it didn't really have furniture. It just had a bunch of shelves. I don't know if you've ever stayed in a hotel like that. Um, yep. It was cool though. Yeah. I'm trying to think in the last 50 hotels I stayed in, I don't think I've used the phone. So I don't right. think that's surprising. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I think I thought about it cause it, so the room didn't have an iron, because it didn't have a closet to have an ironing board in. And I did at one point, I almost went and asked. And I might have done it if uh, if there was a phone, but there wasn't. Yeah, I you know, I do, uh, I, I'm behind this. I do think this is actually kind of a cool idea. And to me, this almost makes a little more sense than having one of these in my home. And I think the reason is that like, if I want to just turn on the lights or adjust the thermostat or look up the weather, like, I can do that pretty easily in my own home. Like, there isn't that confusion factor or uncertainty factor. But when you can bring in an assistant to help you expedite these activities, especially when you're on vacation and in an unfamiliar place, that's where the value comes in. And I think if they can set this up to work properly, there was a, a hotel I stayed in one time where um, the entire room was controlled on an iPad. And so mm. the lights, the the AC, the blinds, the TV, all from a single iPad. It was so easy to use, um, especially when you're in a foreign country. So I, I do think this is a really neat idea. And I think 
um, assuming the integration is easy to use. I do think people would be willing to use it. I don't, you know, it's you can just hit the mute button if you don't want to participate. I, I would assume, maybe I'm wrong, if not, they should uh, default mute it when you enter the room uh, and then you unmute it to use it the first time, which I think would be kind of a fair idea. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's uh, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Amazon also says that soon users will be able to temporarily link their own Amazon account with these hotel echoes. Um, so you'll have access to your music subscription from Amazon Music or Spotify or your audiobooks from Audible. And when you check out, it automatically disconnects it from the in-room device, which I think is an even better cool idea because then you just say, hey, play, play my station and it'll, it'll know you. That is neat. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I guess I feel less weird about it. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, I'll be curious how the actual implementation rolls out. I mean, I, you know, one of my, um, one of my, one of my few good Twitter ideas I've ever had uh, that got some pickup was that, you know, uh, someone like a Netflix or a Roku or an Amazon should donate a bunch of Fire TV sticks or, or Roku sticks to hotels. You know, I think hotels are a great place for tech companies to sort of get their products out there, get them in the hands of users, especially those who aren't familiar with them. And so they can see the value. You know, mm. if, if you're a, a, a Hulu or somebody and you want millions of people to try out your product, give it away free in hotel rooms. You know, people got nothing else to do, but, hey, you know, a lot of time people are killing time in hotel rooms. It's a great opportunity to let them play with your technology. Yeah, that's true. That's like, uh, I feel like I've heard of people who have like a Chromecast that they they use purely to like they take it around with them on vacation. And so instead of like worrying about. I don't know, like watching, trying to watch like cable TV in a hotel room. You just pl pop in your Chromecast and uh, connect to the hotel Wi-Fi. I guess that assumes you can get your Chromecast on the hotel Wi-Fi, but if you can, or does I it used work? To, uh, I used to travel with my Roku streaming stick, and they mm -hmm. have a special feature designed to let you hook up easily to those password-protected hotel Wi-Fis. I had no idea how it worked, but it did work. Um, and it was very great to travel with, um, domestically, internationally, it's a problem. Cause then you can't get certain Netflix shows you Dutch Netflix and it's a problem, but, uh, domestically it's yeah. great. It was really, it was a really nice thing to have. HBO does not work in Sweden. Nope. It's the home box office for a reason. Colby, you watch it at home. <laughs> and homes are only in America. Not, well, yes, exactly. None of these. What, what do they have over there? Yurts? I don't know. Um, that's not very nice. I know we have a lot of. Swedish user, uh, viewers don't want to upset them. Um, and thank you, uh, Colby. You can maybe have a a look at our next story while you're doing that. Thanks to to Donald and Rob and and Woj, uh, and and just all the great people who are commenting on Facebook. Um, thank you guys for for joining us this evening. Um, if you're new to the show, we appreciate you being here. Um, yeah, where are we gonna go next? We've got how are we doing on time here? Let's check. The, oh, we got time for another story. You betcha. Ven Venmo debit cards. Venmo debit cards. Yeah, absolutely. We can talk about this. Venmo. Uh, it's that neat service you use to pay your friends when you go out to dinner. Well, uh, now they're entering the real world with a MasterCard. Um, it's similar to Square. Square kind of rolled out a similar thing a while ago. But now uh, it's in... Uh, they've been testing it for a while, the physical card. Now it's being rolled out to more users. Uh, and it is a MasterCard. So essentially, you use your Venmo account as a debit account. Um, it's got a uh, secure 
chip in it, uh, and you'll be able to use it for contactless payments as well. There's no fee for signing up to the card, and it's only available in the United States. Uh, but what the way it will work is like a debit account. So when you use it, it'll just take it out of your Venmo balance. Um, the card is in limited release, but it's they're trying to move people off the wait list. They said the card should arrive in five to seven days after it's been approved. It can only be used in the U.S., um, regular purchases don't have any fees, but there is a $2.50 fee if you want to withdraw money from your Venmo account using an ATM. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um, do you... I feel like this is useful. I don't know. I always... I think I have, like, $300 in my Venmo balance that, like... It'll probably just stay there forever. Yeah. Or like go in and out and in and out and in and out like Venmo balances do. I think part of the issue I have and and I I I just never feel like there's enough of a sustained balance in my Venmo. Like I feel like I would go to use the card and I'd be like, "Oh shit, there's no money in there." You know, oh, yeah, sometimes true. there's a lot of money, but then sometimes there's no money. I don't ever keep track of how much money is in my Venmo. Do you think if you like overdraw it does the same thing that it would if you like paid someone something like if if I had fifty dollars in my in my balance and I paid you a hundred dollars it wouldn't take from my balance it would take a hundred dollars from my my actual bank account do you think it does the same thing that is a really good question um I'm trying to find the answer online it doesn't say specifically how essentially overdrafts work um i mean they do have direct access to your bank account so theoretically they could just take out the money um it would just create <laughs> it, it actually makes but like saying that out loud makes it feel so unnecessary well it, that's what i'm saying they just use one for your whatever bank account your Venmo's. the only way i see this being like super useful and i, I always i try to remember that there are people like this where people who don't have bank accounts i mean these are real people mostly teenagers or young kids mm. um but there are certain uh, immigrant populations or certain people with bad credit uh people who have issues with bank accounts and these are you know we've seen before uh, amazon and and google and some of these companies have rolled out whether they're coins or gift cards um that's why itunes gift cards were so popular for a while because people didn't have credit cards to buy apps with so they would buy with cash iTunes right. gift cards instead. Um, and I think this is an interesting idea where if I was a teenager and my parents didn't want to give me access to a full bank account, they put some money in my Venmo account. And then once I run out of the money, I can't get any more. You know, mm, I just think clever. I'm sure that there's an audience for it. I'm just not sure it's very big. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess a lot of it depends on like how the nitty gritty of how it actually works. Like, does it withdraw from the bank account or does it not? Like, can you just like put cash on it or can you not? Like, all those things could be cool. Well, I already run into this problem now. So the way we were talking before we got on the show about managing budgets uh, as being adults with a limited amount of finances <laughs> and and fancy expensive living places and and uh the way i ended up doing my budget was i have my regular bank account and then i have a simple bank account mm. and my paychecks don't deposit into my simple account they deposit into my classic bank account i use my simple account for certain types of purchases uh, groceries gas 
um, food, those sorts of purchases. But I have to manually deposit money into the Simple account. And so I'll do a couple hundred bucks at a time and I'll go through it and I'll deposit more. But I have to remember to put more money into that account because I have gone to use the card and have forgotten, oh shit, there's no money in that account. And Simple, thankfully, doesn't charge any overdraft fees. So then I just put more money in and it's not a problem. Um, And I use that to separate my expenses for budgeting. But that's kind of what I see the issue with this being is that because it's, this won't, no one's getting their paychecks deposited into Venmo. Like this isn't, although theoretically, you know, now that I say that in this new economy, theoretically somebody, you know, especially if you're kind of like in the gig economy space where someone's paying you to do something, theoretically you could transfer a lot of your money through Venmo. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you could get paid via Venmo or like square cash, right? Yeah. It's not, not that crazy. Or like, does Square do? I mean, businesses use Square, right? Like, does can you have a business Square card? You can have a personal one. Can I don't know if you can do um, their cash card uh, for personal use, but that's a good question. I don't know if they have a business version of that. I'm sure mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, because they they do micro loans now. I think so. I'd assume they do a credit as well. Makes sense. Um. Yeah, I, I, this is probably for the hardcore Venmo user. You know, the someone who, yeah. who most of their finances, whether it's paying people or getting money, goes through Venmo. And in that case, I think it makes a lot of sense because totally. you're going to keep a hefty balance there. For yeah. us, right? probably not. Actually, like, speaking of not keeping a hefty balance, my I, I've been using Square Cash lately. Mm. And uh, one of the great features that they have now that I don't think Venmo does is they have, like, auto deposit. Mm. So, like... You can uh, there's like a toggle in like within like three days or something. Any money that gets put in your square cash will get deposited in your bank account. See, that's interesting. I bet Venmo would hate that. I would assume they want you to keep a balance in the app. I don't think you would think Square would too, but maybe that's how they're trying to differentiate. And they definitely got to, and I'm 100% certain they have to pay some sort of fee to transfer that money. I don't know to whom because it's very complicated, but yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting approach for Square to take, but I like it. I think there's a, yeah, there's like two tiers for the Square thing. There's one, you can do it and it deposits immediately. Like as soon as you, you receive a payment, it deposits immediately, but they charge you a small, like a percentage fee for that yep um but then if you're willing to wait a couple of days uh you can do it it'll just do it automatically without charging you a fee well venmo was testing that out for a while i don't know if they still are where you could do an instant transfer for like 50 cents or something like that it was it was like 25 50 cents um versus whatever the delay period was right right very cool yeah so there you go We've got that. Um, gosh, we've got a little bit more time for news if there's a story we really want to get to. Otherwise, we'll move on to picks. We only got two picks tonight, so we'll get through that pretty pretty quickly. We can talk about uh, the Supreme Court. We can talk about the cross-play wars. We can talk about IGTV. I guess we can talk about the Supreme Court. Uh, it's very boring, so it should be a <laughs> hoot. Um, these are everyone's favorite Supreme Court. Um breaking your rights since no um they have ruled and overturned a tax related ruling from 1992 freeing state and local governments to collect billions in internet sales tax the 1992 ruling from quill v north dakota um is what they overturned it focused on mail order and catalog purchases requiring that a business must have a physical presence within a state in order to collect 
uh, state sales tax. The 5-4 to four vote overturned that ruling, citing companies like Newegg, Wayfair, and Overstock stating that each easily meets the minimum sales or transaction requirements of the act, but none collects South Dakota sales tax. Um, e- writing for the court, Justice Anthony Kennedy said the 92 decision was unsound and obsolete in the e-commerce era. Um, because of that, internet retailers can now be required to collect sales tax in states where they have no physical presence. Estimates say this taxing power will now let state and local governments reap an additional $8 billion to $23 billion a year in revenue. Whoa. Big money. So basically, um, you know, Amazon kind of voluntarily has been collecting taxes in most states now. But many people remember many years ago, you would order certain products. And if you lived in a state where there was an Amazon warehouse when they didn't have as many, um, you would be charged tax and you'd go to a different state and all of a sudden you weren't charged tax. So um, it's it's certainly still the same now. Uh, but now states will, it'll be up to individual states to pass certain laws governing this. So it's not like instantly every retailer has to charge tax. It's going to get very complicated um, mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Taxes. That's a, that's a lot of money. Eight oh, it's big money. No, hey, look, there's a reason why the states are suing to to get this money from the real ta- retailers um because it's really going to really going to add up. Uh Rob in our our Facebook chat here says, "Yeah, okay, but most online merchants have a presence in many states." And that's certainly true. Um, you know, mentioning Amazon having warehouses across the country, a lot of the bigger retailers do. The question mm-hmm. is, how does this impact the smaller web retailers? For example, South Dakota passed a law two years ago that kind of kicked off this lawsuit, saying that a company must have more than 100000 in annual sales or engage in 200 or more separate transactions in order to qualify for paying the tax. But even a company that sells $100,000 online may not be a big company. You know, today they probably only have one warehouse at this point, yet they're going to have to start paying taxes in all 50 states. Um, and that's really what this law is going to impact way more than the big guys. It's really going to impact the small guys because they're going to have to start paying taxes where under the old law, there was a 0% chance they were ever going to do it. I wonder, it's been a while since I bought something on Etsy, but does, does this apply to Etsy? That that seems like a weird, uh, like who is the, who is the business in that well, case, I suppose. That's and it's going to vary by state, which is going to be very difficult. Um, you know, I can't imagine what a tax return is going to look like after all these laws are passed. In South Dakota, it's 100000 in annual sales. So most Etsy sellers, I'd assume, uh, probably don't qualify. But in another state, it might be different. So um, mm. it's going to be very, very difficult to, to manage this process, I can't imagine. Huh. Crazy. Yep, so certainly a windfall for states and local governments, um, and certainly a headache for small businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. Cool. There is that. Um, alrighty, well, why don't we go ahead and move on to picks? This is the part of the show where we each bring something we want to share with the world, uh, something we've used and or enjoyed. Sometimes they're tech-related, sometimes they're not. Uh, we've got a couple of interesting ones this week. Uh, Colby, I'm going to start by asking you a question. Do you have a stand for your Apple Watch charger? No. You just plop it on the counter, the little little disc. Um, I started with that, obviously, because that's what your watch comes with. But it never it never feels right laying the watch down with the band on there. And I Googled like crazy for all these different stands. And I was going to go to Etsy and get some like fancy custom craft one. And I'm like, ah, that seems like a hassle. And a lot of them like like the wire cutter pick, for example, it lays it really low to the counter or to mm. wherever the charger is. And I'm like, well, that's basically the same as what I already have. Like you're not really adding a lot of value. 
And so I gambled, and I picked this one kind of randomly on Amazon. Spygen, who you may know, I've had some of their phone cases before. They make a lot of uh, phone and you know device accessories. This is their Apple Watch Stand S330. I'll throw it up on the screen here for the folks watching the video version um, in silver. What I like about it, it props the watch up pretty significantly off the ground, so it sort of hangs there. My old Pebble charger worked the same way. The other thing I like about this is it has an extremely wide base. It is almost impossible to knock this thing over, which is awesome, because my old Pebble one I knocked over all the time because it was very lightweight. It's solid metal, it's a little hefty, but it grips good and it doesn't tip over. And the best part is it's $9.99, so it was very cheap. Um, I didn't have to break the bank. I wish it came in more colors, because I don't really like the bright gray. I would have rather had it in like a space gray or a black. Um, mm. But all things considered, it's it's a really nice charger. And my phone, uh, the watch sits really nice on it, and I've been very satisfied. So it's the SpyGen Apple Watch Stand S330 with aluminum body, $9.99. We'll have the link on uh, on our website after the show. This is cool. I might have to check this out. Yeah, I think it's worth, you know, and honestly, I, my, my original plan, I was going to order like five different stands and returns the ones I didn't like. And I'm like, oh, I'll just buy one. And I ended up liking it. So, but your result, there are a million of them on Amazon. I mean, in all shapes and sizes and colors and materials and, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice. So, yeah, give it a shot. Nice. Um, Colby, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm travel. I, I have a travel related one. Um, as we talked about before, I was in Sweden last week, so I had to come back and go through customs to get back in. I don't have global entry, not a fancy person. Um, but allegedly, so I didn't know this at the time. I have not used this thing. I just feel like I should tell people about it because I didn't know about it. And, um, so I guess like customs has this mo it's called like mobile passport app. So I think you can use it if you have a U definitely if you have a U.S. passport, maybe if you have a Canadian passport, I'm not sure. Um, but it's an app that you download on your phone. And if you've been through customs in the recent past, it's like a two step process, right? You like get in line and you go to like the kiosk things and the kiosks ask you the same questions that you just answered on the form that you filled out on the plane and then it takes a picture of your face and like prints you out a little receipt. And then you get in the next line and you go talk to a person. So this thing lets you skip the kiosk line. Um, and so it, it asks you the same questions you like. It, it, I did some of it. I, I like played around with it. You like scan your passport and it like just pulls your information off the passport, which was cool. Um, I think I think it makes you take a picture of yourself, too. So you take a selfie. Um, but then instead of waiting in the line with all the gajillion people waiting in line, you go in the, in the special mobile passport line and there are like a quarter of the people, uh, in that line, purely anecdotally, this is the, the one time I've gone through customs in the last, uh, three years, mm -hmm. the mobile passport line was much shorter than the one that I waited in. Um, so if you are coming back into the U S and have to go through customs and are, so I don't know if it's at every airport, it might be, uh, 25 only, airports at the moment, yeah, but yeah. most of so, the major ones, right? 25 airports. And also if you're taking a cruise into Fort Lauderdale, um, 
so yeah, this is available. And and the the the, the mobile passport line was drastically shorter than than the one than the traditional one. So check it out. Yeah, I mean this is uh this is a fantastic idea. Um it's a little I as I'm reading this, I'm like mm, I'm a global entry member. So that's which is the pre TSA pre, but you go the next level where you get expedited customs. I don't even have to do a form because I've mm-hmm. already pre-done everything and they just take your fingerprints and you breeze right through. But this seems almost as fast without having to do all the background check shit you have to do for global entry. But the thing about global entry is if you're getting TSA pre-check anyway, it's only like 20 or $30 more to go to global entry and it's good for mm. five years. Interesting. So it's kind of like, I don't understand why they have both. Oh, why they have both. I mean, I guess I'm, I do because they don't, a lot of people just don't want the hassle of having to do global entry yeah. and anyone he, can use this, right? You don't have to be pre-check right, or anything right. to do it. If I, if I had learned about this, like a couple of hours before I did, like I would have been able to use this. Um, as far as I can tell, like it's just, they, they replace that kiosk thing with the app. Yep. So like you still do the same thing where you go and talk to the person at the desk. Um, but I think I assume the person at the desk can just like pull up your shit on their computer instead of you handing them a receipt or something. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, anything to make the process. I especially I don't know traditionally how busy Boston gets, but living in Houston, which is a huge international airport, um, the, the some of the lines for customs are just out of control. So I think this is a, this is really neat. Um, I believe it. Yeah. Mobile. It's available on Android and uh, and and iOS. Absolutely, the mobile passport app, the one officially authorized by Customs and Border Patrol. Check it out. Very nice. Oh, boy, a couple of really useful picks. Rarely does that happen. Uh, <laughs> so practical. Um, wonderful. Well, that, I think, more or less wraps up the show, Colby, unless you got anything else you'd like to... No, I haven't watched the Westworld finale, so we can't do a Westworld minute. Yeah, tonight. can I be honest with you, Colby? And I kind of include Dan into this last week, but... Uh, I haven't seen the last three episodes of Westworld because oh my God, I got burned out. Like I, I literally stopped, oh, no. I think the last time we talked, so I didn't see the Ghost Nation episode or anything after that. And I am just so fucking burnt out on Westworld. The Ghost Nation one was so good. I know. I'll, I will eventually catch up. I'm going to um, hold you to that, Sean. But the keyword being eventually 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 i will catch right before the season three premiere i will catch up um no eventually i'll watch him but it's just i i just that show is absolutely kills me um but anyway no westworld minute no we will begin the wrap-up process here first of all let me thank everybody who joined us live it was great we had a bunch of uh, new folks in the chat room hope you had as much fun as we did rob and 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 donald and there were too many people to remember everybody's name but thank you for joining us uh, as I mentioned, we do the show live Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Facebook and on Twitch, and you can join us in the chat there. Uh, if you didn't get to join us live, you can always get the recorded versions on our website, don'tpanic.io. We've got the audio, the video, and our picks are always listed there. So if you don't remember, we'll have the exact links on the website. You can check it out there. You can also subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, any, any of those apps, we're there. And you can get the video version on YouTube as well. Subscribe there. And you can... Contact us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter, and you can email us don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Uh, let's see. What else am I forgetting? I will very briefly plug Up for Debate, the show I do with Matt. We just did an episode this past week all on the great outdoors and fun activities you can do outside. Camping, fishing, hiking, hunting, the whole nine yards. We talked about it. Uh, basically, we don't know anything about any of it because we don't go outside. So it was a real hoot. 
Uh, it was a lot of fun. So check that out. And then later this week, we'll be doing a commercial, uh, an episode where Matt and I share our favorite TV commercials. Um, which should be fun because he's going to pick all the fun ones from the 90s we remember as kids, and I'm going to pick all the weird, obscure ones from the 60s and 70s. So it'll be an interesting mix. That show is at upfordebate.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. As I said, we'll be back next Monday. Dan uh, will be rejoining us. We'll have the full crew here to break down the week's tech news, and we'll banter a little bit. We'll hear about Dan's trip as well. Um, On behalf of Colby, I'm Sean. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time for more Good Times of Tech News here on Don't Panic. Don't Panic.